0: I'm Julianne DeLynn Hatton and you're listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. This series will discuss the Prophet Joseph Smith and the authenticity of the gospel he restored. I'll be speaking with Michael R. Ash, author of the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Welcome Michael Ash.
1: Hi Julianne.
0: Today we'll be discussing Mesoamerican warfare and seasonality of warfare.
1: One of the more interesting topics, yes.
0: Why do you think there's so much war in the Book of Mormon?
1: Well, Hugh Nibley wrote about this quite a bit uh, in, in the latter books and articles that he wrote. and And I think it has to do a little bit with the fact that the Book of Mormon is meant for our time, and it shows a pattern that when the saints being the Nephites, uh, typically in the Book of Mormon, when they go astray that they bring problems upon themselves. And I think it's mostly because when we are not following in the footsteps that that the Lord would want us to to go on the path that he wants for us, uh, it's because basically it boils down to selfishness we're doing things for ourselves rather than for others we're kind of uh, foregoing the two greatest commandments of loving God and loving others and when that happens uh, it separates us from Heavenly Father and it causes us to um, basically turn our lives in, in, in upside down and in, in into manners where it creates tension between us and others and, and that uh, ultimately leads to uh, our, not only our spiritual downfall, but the downfall of society. Um, and I think that's one of the messages that we gain from the Book of Mormon, and, and part of the reason, at least, why there's so much about wars in there.
0: So there's something that can be learned from the war, even though it's not necessarily war tactics, although that's very interesting.
1: Right. President Oaks once said that it's, uh, in, in one of my favorite talks that he gave in conference, um, and he said, it's not what we've done, it's what we've become that really matters. There's not a checklist of things that we need to do while on this earth, but it's the change of heart that comes up, upon us. And uh, when that change is not occurring, when, when we are you know, into our natural states and, and fight against God, uh, that puts a, um, a separation not only between us and him, but us and others. Because, like I said, ultimately it's about becoming part of the divine family. And when we have that separation between us and others because of selfishness and sin, um, it, it creates a tension that uh, ultimately can, in the Book of Mormon, lead to war. But uh, e- even if it doesn't lead to battles um, here in, in our homelands, it creates... Uh, Havoc and creates discord, and, and it's the opposite of uniting, which is what the Lord really wants of us.
0: And from a historical perspective, you can learn a lot about the individual by studying their wars.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we see how it's handled, and we see how um, Mormon in the Book of Mormon leaders, righteous leaders, try to you know, correct them and, and, and rally the people and said, remember what, that they frequently would talk about, remember what God has done for you and, and brought you out of, uh, you know, the land of Jerusalem and brought up, you know, the scriptures from Lehi and so forth. And sometimes they would remember for a while and then, you know, fall back into their old ways.
0: Now, when we talk about the critics, they claim that war was almost unknown in the Americas.
1: Right, and, and it wasn't just the critics that claimed that. For, for a long time, that was kind of the standard picture, is that the Mayans were very peaceful and primitive and, and uh, you know, farmers, and that was kind of the view. And so the critics latched onto this, and they said, you know, warfare really was something that uh, wasn't known in Book of Mormon times. There were peaceful people, and uh, you know, critics weren't making this up. It was based on the best knowledge of the time. But that's not what we know now. We know that the uh, uh, people in Mesoamerica during Book of Mormon times were uh, anything but peaceful. There were a lot of wars constantly going on, so it fits very well uh, with what the Book of Mormon story actually says.
0: It certainly does. Have we found any weapons?
1: Yes. In fact, the Book of Mormon mentions a variety of different weapons, and again, these were things that the critics... Um, said didn't exist because uh, science was on their side. Scholarship said, you know, we don't know of these things, at least from a viewpoint that most people perceive in their heads. You know, when I mention the word sword, the first thing that pops into most people's heads, at least in you know 21st century United States, is something that you might uh, expect a, a knight in shining armor mm-hmm. with a sword, a steel or, or some, sword, a steel sword, exactly, or maybe something out of the Lord of the Rings, you know, you, <laughs> you expect these big metal swords. Um, and so when the Book of Mormon mentions that uh, scholars say, well, you know, the, the, these were people that didn't have this kind of technology, and so they couldn't have had these metal swords. Well, it's an assumption that we place that that's the only type of sword there could be. We now know, thanks to artwork and archaeology and, and different uh, scholarly studies, that there were types of uh, weapons that could be called swords. the The Aztecs had a had a, a wooden club called a maceweedle, and this wooden club had pieces of obsidian. Or um, you know chunks of, of uh, sharp rocks embedded in the side of this club, and they could use it to chop a- at their victims. In fact, there's one story during the Spanish conquest where it said that a Mayan warrior cut off a Spaniard's horse's head with one stroke of this mock Now, Now, the story, you know, may be a hundred percent accurate, might, might have been embellished, you know, maybe it took two strokes, but it's irrelevant. The point being that this uh, device could be used in a sword-like fashion. And what's interesting is that the Spaniards referred to this weapon of the Aztecs as a sword. So if they could call it a sword, why would anybody else have a problem understanding the sword in the Book of Mormon?
0: What about other weapons discussed in the Book of Mormon?
1: It's a little bit uh, tougher to show this, but there is artwork depicting that there was uh, bow and arrow known in Book of Mormon times from the right places. uh, Scimitars, which in the Book of Mormon, it designates that as a separate weapon, and it usually refers to kind of a curved blade. Well, there is artwork from early Mesoamerica that depicts warriors sometimes with two different weapons in their hand, one of which would be a wheedle and the other would be some sort of curved weapon, so that could easily be a, a scimitar. The um, armor is another thing. Again, when we think of armor, right away we think of you know uh, knights of the round table type armor, but... You know, we, we have the police out in force today wearing uh, bulletproof vests. That's a type of armor. You, you know, we, we actually read about, uh, you know, terrorists, uh, you know, coming in w- with this kind of, they call it body armor. And it's not metal armor. It's usually, you know, sometimes there's metal underneath this kind of cloth uh, uh, coating on it. But anything that protects the body is seen as armor. And we do know from Mesoamerica that they wore sometimes vests that were really thick or with shells on them or or plates of, of rock or anything that could be used to deflect the blows of their weapons. They absolutely had types of armor.
0: So it certainly wasn't the armor that we think of.
1: No, not at all what we envision, and that really is is kind of a common thing that we really have to understand, not only with the Book of Mormon, we have to understand with any kind of ancient text, and and as typical laypersons, we don't often get into these types of uh, deep historical uh, discussions from ancient texts, but anytime we read a text, whether it's from, uh, uh, like I so said, the Book of Mormon or the Bible or, or from any other culture, we have to understand that we can't put our assumptions into these uh, uh, verses, that we have to understand them on their terms, with their type of background, and sometimes words that mean something to us meant something different to them, or it's explained a different way. We might use the same terminology to describe these things, even as though it's referring to something different. And in all the cases that I have studied uh, regarding weapons, or armor, or warfare in the Book of Mormon, it matches exactly what we find in ancient America, and uh, these things obviously weren't known by Joseph Smith because the critics and the scholars of the time didn't know it either.
0: Let's talk now about seasonality of warfare in the Book of Mormon.
1: Yeah, in in my chapter on uh, the seasonality of warfare in my book of Faith and Reason, eighty evidences supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith, I base my chapter on the work of anthropologist Dr. John Sorensen. He is an LDS professor emeritus from BYU and has done a lot of wonderful Book of Mormon research. Very intelligent uh, uh, man and uh, has really opened a lot of windows that were unseen by Latter-day Saints and Latter-day Saint scholars previously. And a few years back, he went through the Book of Mormon and in every place where he could tell where there was a description in the Book of Mormon where wars were happening in some season, he noted this. And he also noted as far as uh, the, the type of calendar system that they had, and it probably would have changed. This typically happens in, in various cultures. But he noted what type of calendar system they would have based on planting season and farming seasons. Because in, in ancient times, in, in virtually every culture, you know, you had to grow food. And it uh, doesn't matter whether if you're growing food for the king or for the soldiers or for the, the you know average citizens, everybody had to eat from some sort of agriculture, typically. And the Book of Mormon peoples would have been like some of the other ancient cultures where the soldiers were also the citizens. So they were not only partaking of the food, but they were having to help in working on this. And so Dr. Sorensen has shown that... Typically in the Book of Mormon, the wars seem to take place in the months on a Gregorian calendar that would uh, be between December and March. That's usually when warfare would have happened in the Book of Mormon. Now why is that? What's so special about those months? So he examines this a little more closely and finds that um, because the soldiers could not be called away to fight. You wouldn't want to, at least, during the planting and harvesting seasons. Those were the rest of the months. And so the time that opened up would have been from December through March. Those would have been the best time to fight. Now, not just for the Nephites, but for the Lamanites. Like I said, this goes both ways. Everybody there has to eat. You have to survive. And if you uh, engage in war... During the months when there's harvesting or planting going on, those things aren't going to get done, and not only are you going to starve, but your whole civilization can starve as well.
0: What were they planting?
1: They would have been planting all types of different uh, uh, basic crops. Um, you know, maize obviously was. Uh, you know, something that we know about was. Uh, goes back to early Mesoamerican times and so, so there would have been different staples that they would have needed to have um, to last them through you know uh, some of the leaner months just like I said in, in almost any culture and you had the rainy seasons where it would be difficult to uh, go out and fight as well and, and so all of these things are taken into account and so December to March seems to be the time where the Book of Mormon mentions the warfares typically were going on so now when he compares this to what we find in Mesoamerica, he finds in Yucatan, so this is in the Book of Mormon Lands, that wars were usually fought from October to January. And so, and and maize again was planted in in April or May in in the rainy season, and then the wettest months were July through September, and then the crops were harvested from October to December. So from October to January is typically when the wars happen, which matches pretty well with the roughly December to March timing that we find in the Book of Mormon. And uh, so that's another, I would say, a pretty close bullseye. In fact, Dr. Sorensen did say that some of the times the wars were extended beyond January to February, even maybe March, so, so it fits right in. I don't see how Joseph Smith could have known this. You know, it, it, in fact, nobody knew this until Dr. John Sorensen had gone through this and and made kind of a list and studied it out. It It also has one interesting side note in that if you're going to fight from December to March, it has to be in some sort of territory where it, it's not you know, freezing cold, that you're uh-huh. not going to be uh, in, in some kind of loincloths or something. So uh, this again is, is evidence or suggested evidence that uh, the Book of Mormon Lands took place in, in Mesoamerica.
0: Thank you, Michael Ash.
1: Thanks, Julianne.
0: Thanks for listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. I'm your host, Julianne Dillon Hatton, inviting you to keep the faith. Michael R. Ash is the author of the book, Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Faith and Reason is produced by Tom Hatton with music courtesy of Arthur Hatton. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of Fair Mormon or The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can support this podcast by subscribing to it in iTunes and by rating it and writing a review. Questions or comments can be sent to podcast at fairmormon.org or you may join the conversation at fairblog.org.